Congratulations, you're pregnant. Whether it's your first baby or you've done it all before, you're probably busy preparing for the birth. But what about preparing for breastfeeding? In this episode of Breastfeeding with ABA, we'll talk about common expectations for life with a new baby, breastfeeding education classes, normal baby behaviour and finding a community to support you. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we are recording this podcast and on which you are listening. We pay our respects to Indigenous Elders past, present and emerging, and particularly any Indigenous people who may be listening. We also pay our respects to the long history of oral storytelling in this country and the long tradition of women supporting each other in motherhood and in feeding their babies. Welcome to Breastfeeding with ABA, a podcast brought to you by volunteers with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Breastfeeding with ABA is a podcast about breastfeeding, made by parents for parents. In each episode, you'll hear from different mums from around Australia. My name is Jennifer, and I'm a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor and community educator with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I'm speaking from my home on the lands of the Jarjarung people in central Victoria. I have two children, and my son is 17 and my daughter is 14. And I'm Nina. I'm also a volunteer community educator and breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I'm talking from my home on the land of the Darkenjung people, which is in the central coast of New South Wales. I have three children. My eldest is 22. My second child is 18. And my third child is 17. And I'm Jessica Leonard. I'm a breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. I'm speaking from my home in the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. I have two children, a 14-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son. Well, that sounds like we were new mothers a very, very long time ago and sometimes it feels like we were. I'm often reminded that while the days and nights are very long when you have little kids, the years are incredibly short. And it, I don't know about you, Jen, but it feels like just yesterday when I brought my very first little tiny two and a half kilo baby home. Yeah. My second child was 2.3 kilos and I was joking the other day, she used to just fit in one arm. And now she's taller than me. So when she wants to hug me, it's like my entire body is engulfed rather than just one arm. And the difference is really stark, but she still seeks me out for that comfort and support just like she did when she was a baby. Yeah, and I remember changing Jack Snappy on my lap at my very first Australian Breastfeeding Association meeting and having other mothers just looking on in wonder that that was kind of even possible. I mean, I am tall, but that was amazing. Whereas at my first meeting, my daughter did the world's largest poo and it went down my leg, down onto the the white carpet in this woman's home. And I was mortified because it was a very big poo. Um, oh. And she wore very tiny nappies because she was such a tiny baby. Her nappies were only the size of a cloth napkin and it managed to chew out of everything. <laughs> when you're about to have your first baby, you might have an idea of what life is going to be like. Or maybe you've got no idea what to expect. Here's Jennifer and Nina with what they thought. I, I was the eldest of four children and I'd been a nanny for years and a babysitter through most of my teenage years and I was also a health professional so I had this idea that I knew all about babies. I'd actually supported lots of new parents with their babies as a nanny and as a parent helper so I thought this will be hard but I'll be fine. My 
perception around feeding was a bit influenced by my cousin who had a child just before me and had had trouble. So, and she told me, get help, get help, get help. There were some classes at the hospital that were available just more generally about birth, but nothing specifically around breastfeeding. And at that stage where I've been living in Victoria, there weren't breastfeeding education classes through the Australian Breastfeeding Association. So I accessed support through the hospital by visiting one of the lactation consultants just to kind of prepare myself and get some more information. And I thought, okay, I've done that. I've already keyed up that when I give birth, if I have trouble, they'll come and see me. So I did the best I could to get some information. And I think because I had some past experience of working with breastfeeding families, I had a bit of an idea that it might be a bit of a bumpy journey, but I wasn't as prepared, I think, as I could have been. It's hard to know, isn't it, what what we're going to need in when we kind of take that leap into new motherhood. Mm. I remember very distinctly people asking me questions about, do you want to come to something or come to dinner or would you like to join us for a, something in a period that was after my due date when I was very or reasonably heavily pregnant with Jack. And I used to just think, I don't know. I felt like I was looking into a great dark space um, and that I had no idea at all what it was going to be like. I think a lot of times when you ask the question, you know, what's it like, the answer kind of becomes, oh, you won't get much sleep, the baby will want to feed every X many hours. It's all very kind of numerically driven or very routine description driven. And I think one of the great things that I learned and, and only really learned through the Australian Breastfeeding Association was that parenting is really, it's a conversation. And mm-hmm. breastfeeding, like any other part of parenting, is really about building a relationship or, or learning about this new person in my life and learning to recognise when they're hungry or when she's mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable or when she just needs to feel close. So if you want to learn about breastfeeding before your baby is born, where do you go? Here's an idea of what to expect if you come along to one of ABA's face-to-face breastfeeding education classes. The curriculum of the breastfeeding education classes, the way that they, they work, they're reasonably small, usually have about 10 couples at a time. We encourage people to bring their breastfeeding questions. Mm. We try and have some content for partners and to bring in some new mums who are a little bit ahead Mm. show them what it looks like and talk about what it feels like to be breastfeeding a baby and I think while all of those skills are important it's really about the conversations and the relationships. One of the real differences I think between other breastfeeding classes out in the community and the classes that we offer as an association is that We talk about breastfeeding as part of normal life and we talk about how life changes and how to work with that. I remember thinking about the fact that I used to watch the clock a lot and one of the big things we talk about in our breastfeeding classes is that the clock isn't necessarily your friend with a small baby. Sometimes it's necessary medically, but watching your baby and not the clock and knowing how breastfeeding works and knowing the importance of sitting and following your baby's lead to actually establishing a good milk supply is such an incredible strength. I think of the the classes, it's such a great opportunity to talk about expectations. We've Mm -hmm. talked about them today. At our classes, we encourage mums 
to come along and bring a support person, whether that's a partner or a few times we've had mum or even a sister come along supporting the pregnant parent. And it's amazing to talk about expectations in that moment and to talk about what's normal. And within those classes, we talk a lot about how frequently babies feed and that babies feed for more reasons than just food. And I think helping people to explore what their expectations are, like we've talked about today, Nina, but also whether or not they might need to adjust some of those expectations to fit what real life is going to look like can be really important. And I don't know that there's many other places that have that conversation with parents while they're still pregnant. And if you're in an area where there aren't any face-to-face breastfeeding education classes, ABA has an option for you as well. In response to the situation with COVID and some of the lockdowns, it was pretty clear to the association that offering in-person classes only wasn't wasn't ideal. And so very rapidly the association turned around and created an online breastfeeding class, I guess, called Breastfeeding Education Live. These are one and a half hour webinars that are that are actually run live. They're interactive, so it's not just a pre-recorded webinar. When you're attending, there'll be facilitators present. There's the opportunity to chat with other parents in the session and to ask questions. And there's also generally a a question and answer session with a breastfeeding mother of a little one. So there's that chance to actually talk with somebody who's in the middle of that early phase of the journey to get a real sense of what to expect. They talk again, like our breastfeeding education classes about positioning and attachment, reading your baby's cues, information about supply and demand, how to tell your baby's getting enough. But it is also an opportunity to have some interaction and ask those questions you might have. Those breastfeeding education live sessions can be accessed through our website, signing up to attend one of our classes, and they're often run on weekends or evenings. And there's access to the videos after the event, so you're actually purchasing also access to a resource that's really useful in those early days. You're listening to Breastfeeding with ABA. My name is Monica, and I am an ABA volunteer. Before the birth of my second child, I downloaded the Mum to Mum app. I didn't realise how helpful it would be. I find it useful to record nappy counts over a 24-hour period. It can be so tricky to keep abreast of this in the blur of the newborn phase. I have loved the notifications and reassurances about what is typical around particular ages. I feel like it's been an age since I had a newborn. I've forgotten so much, but the Mum to Mum app supports me along the way. It's my little helper. There's a lot of information covered in the breastfeeding education classes and the breastfeeding education live webinars about things like cluster feeding. Cluster feeding is one of those things where babies tend to have a period during the day and it's often just right about cooking dinner time where they just want to feed. It feels like constantly, you know, you feed them, they have a good sort of 10, 15 minute feed on one side and you think they're asleep and out cold and you go to put them down and just as they're kind of, just as you take your hands away, they're screaming like they've mm-hmm. not eaten in a week and yeah. pick them up and feed them again. And it can go on for sort of between two and four hours, but they tend to come just right before their biggest sleep of the day. Yeah. Lots of parents think that it means they've run out of milk at the end of the day. doesn't mean that. It just, no. it means putting in the, the next day's order, yeah. telling your body what you you need for the next day. So what's normal for how often a baby will breastfeed? 
I think one of the challenges is a lot of parents will have health professionals ask them, you know, how often is your little Mm. one feeding? And that's about a ballpark figure. And we talk about the range within the association of eight to 12 times. But to be honest with you, it's often more often than that for some babies. Especially in in that first Mm. month. You know, I quite often say the, the best research we have is that babies who are only breastfed in that first month tend to feed on average around 10 times in 24 hours. But in that first month, when the baby's really kind of getting used to being earthside, as they say, sometimes it's 12 and sometimes it's 20. Yeah. And that can be kind of harrowing, but it is normal. And as long as mum's comfortable and the baby's kind of satisfied you know for some periods during the day and they're having enough wet nappies and enough peri nappies then you know you can usually assume that everything is okay and the baby's just settling down and usually it settles down to a pattern of as you say between 8 and 12 and 24 hours and they're not generally evenly spaced but what if your baby's extra sleepy to start with and maybe isn't feeding often enough you know, some mothers also have that kind of opposite experience for a little while where they have a baby who's very sleepy and who doesn't mm. really let them know what they need. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that sometimes, you know, for those babies for a, for a short time, it can be worth kind of, you know, or it, you will need to kind of wake them up and give them a bit of a, uh, an encouragement, mm-hmm. a bit of encouragement to have, um, to have a feed. And that can be a bit challenging, but it, once again, it generally passes. And that can be one of those times when looking at the clock is important just for a few days or a week until the baby wakes up a little bit, gets a little bit more energy and is able to kind of let mum know what they need. You've learned all about breastfeeding. You've got a bit of an idea of what to expect. What's the next thing you could do to prepare for breastfeeding? Well, now's a good time to start building a support network and linking in with your local community. Nina and Jennifer both remember what it was like to go to their first ABA group meeting. My mother was a breastfeeding counsellor when I was young and so I knew about about Australian Breastfeeding Association meetings and I knew about the helpline. And I do have vivid memories of my mother supporting other women as they breastfed their babies and cried in my lounge room, you know, in our lounge room and, and, and then left kind of feeling much better about their whole situations. Jack was born early. Uh, he was born at 35 weeks and I brought him home not feeling that great myself. So one of the very first things I did when I got home was, was tried to find out where my next Australian Breastfeeding Association meeting would be. And the one tip that my mother gave me at that point was take something for morning tea, even if you haven't baked it yourself, and offer to do a job. And then, you know, you will find that you kind of build a group of friends for life. And I think that was about right. I didn't have the same exposure to the Australian Breastfeeding Association other than knowing that they existed and knowing that they're out there in the community, I didn't really understand how it worked. And I lived between two groups and I was really torn going, I don't want to pick the wrong one. I lived on the border between two. Like, I don't know which one I should go. So I didn't go. 
I didn't know that it wouldn't matter, that I could visit one and then the other and make my mind up. I didn't know that I could visit any Australian Breastfeeding Association group at any point. Now I know I could go anywhere in Australia and find a group, and I certainly have when I've travelled, but back then I didn't. So I sat there wanting to join, wanting to be part of that movement, but not knowing how. Um, And it wasn't until I moved to the country when my first child was one and felt really lost without a group. I'd been part of a quite supportive council-based mother's group that became a really good play group. Um, And I moved away and was really isolated. When my second child was born, I needed a group. And I sought out the Breastfeeding Association when she was, I don't know, two weeks old. So I rang the local group leader and asked about it and she said to come along. So I did. And I'm so grateful because that's how I formed my village in my new community. I didn't know anyone pretty much. Um, And suddenly I found a group of women that I could connect with and I'm still in that group now. So that that group has created for me a connection that all of my friends from my university days are in Melbourne and here in Central Victoria I've got my ABA peeps, which has made a difference, really has. ABA meetings are different to mother's group. Firstly, you can come along before your baby is born to learn things and meet people. But there are some other unexpected differences too. People used to ask me, you know, why would I go to an Australian Breastfeeding Association meeting when I've got my council, you know, my local mothers group meets. And and I ended up realising that the reason why I went to an ABA meeting was because in my local council mothers group, it was nice because everybody was kind of going through the same thing Mm. at the same time. But what that meant was we all just kind of felt really overwhelmed. Whereas with the Australian Breastfeeding Association group, there's always someone who was just a few weeks, a few months, or even a couple of years ahead who could reassure me that there was light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. or who could offer a different approach or some suggestions that I hadn't kind of considered or thought about. And to me that was really, really valuable. Mm. And and I think it's, it's worth reflecting that now, you know, 20 two years on and I've been a counsellor now for 19 years that those friendships have supported me through Mm. some of the most tumultuous and also wonderful life events Mm. over the years and I I certainly wouldn't be without Mm. For more on this topic you can go to the Australian Breastfeeding Association's website at breastfeeding.asn.au and check out the show notes for a link to this episode's blog post which contains further links and information To speak to a breastfeeding counsellor, you can call the National Breastfeeding Helpline on 1800 686 268. Or you can also use the live chat service, which is available via our website, which is at breastfeeding.asn.au. And you can find your local ABA group by visiting the website too. You'll also find lots of really helpful breastfeeding information and a link where you can join the association as a member. You might also like to join our Facebook group to continue the conversation. You can just search for Breastfeeding with ABA. Make sure you answer the questions so we can add you quickly. And just a little word about sponsorship and advertising. In each episode, you'll hear about other ABA services and products that we think might help families like yours. We're a not-for-profit member organisation, a charity, so we need to look for sources of income to support our activities. You might also hear about some external products or services that we've carefully chosen because they're consistent with our goals and aims. You can feel reassured that the advertising on our platforms will always be compliant with the World Health Organisation's international code on the marketing of breast milk substitutes. 
rate, review and subscribe. We want this podcast to be a resource that any new parent can find and come back to because these issues are timeless. Do you like what you've heard? We would love it if you could share this podcast and our website with your friends and family so that other families can use this information and find support too. Thanks everyone for listening. As volunteers with the Australian Breastfeeding Association, we follow a code of ethics that guides us online and in person. To maintain our relationships with health providers, we refrain from identifying practitioners and clinics. To keep things neutral, we interact respectfully and non-politically. To honour each other's privacy, we uphold confidentiality. You can learn more about our code of ethics on our website at breastfeeding.asn.au.